Where we talk to songwriters about the craft of songwriting. We share tips and tricks and things we figured out along the way. And at the end, hopefully at the end of the show, we will all learn at least five new things. Yes, it's five new things about how to write better songs. And of course, joining me here today, I'm actually doing co-hosting because I'm I'm on the road in Paris. Let's say Paris. I'm on the road in Paris. Paris, on, Paris Ontario? Paris, Ontario. And of course, uh, along with me is uh, Neil Modi. How you doing, Neil? I'm I'm doing good. I'm going to be uh, keeping track of uh, five things. I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. And uh, Neil's also going to be doing all the engineering. So yeah. it's all over the place. You know, up is down, left is right, is close. Dogs, cats living together. It's madness. Good is and evil. Of course. <laughs> and um, along with us uh, tonight is one of our very favorite guests, a. Scary good guitar player, looper, and uh, performer, and one hell of a songwriter, Jacob Moon. How are you doing, Jacob? Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks for uh, inviting me on the show today. Uh, great. We uh, love your insights. And if you haven't had a chance to check out uh, uh, Jacob's stuff, he does this live stream on uh, Facebook, which is actually just a, a lesson on how to do live streaming on Facebook, if nothing else. But the um, the stuff is great. And he's Played for Russian. Well, we'll go. The show would just be all about Jacob here. So uh, <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that next time. <laughs> we'll do that again. You know, um, right? So we're going to be talking about um, one of Neil's songs mm -hmm. uh, today, which is a really cool thing. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. The song he did a long time ago, and um, like a long time ago, and then basically redoing it with all the stuff that we've figured out along the way, mm -hmm. and uh, that's going to be really interesting. But we have a couple of um things that have happened in the in the news um neil do you want to talk about mr gordon lightfoot yeah so of course um just a couple of days ago the the passing of uh gordon lightfoot a renowned canadian uh singer songwriter um and well, why don't we start with me? Because my my my, my reflection upon Gordon Lightfoot is probably the simplest of all of us. I, I admit I've I've not I wasn't familiar with his his stuff uh, way back when. I knew of and I just discovered this one um, just the other day. I did know one song by Gordon Lightfoot that was covered by Viola Wills. If you could read my mind, she did a disco version of it in 1980. <laughs> and when I heard when I heard. On CBC Radio, the day after uh, uh, Gordon Lightfoot passed away, they played Gordon Lightfoot's version. I'm like, I know this song. Where have I heard this song before? <laughs> and so I started doing a deep dive on the internet. Who's covered this song? And of course, the list of people who have covered this song is about eight miles long. And and the one that I picked out, it was a hit song, uh, Viola Wills' um, 1980 uh, disco version of it, if you read my mind. And the other, the other, uh, the only other Gordon Lightfoot song I know is "Song for Winter's Night" because it was on a Sarah McLaughlin uh b-sides cd uh in the 90s um that i liked and and then even at that time i i assumed it was a sarah mclaughlin song and i looked in and i found out that one of the songs on that cd was a Joni mitchell song i'm like okay which one of the which are, are there any more covers on this song or are they all sarah mclaughlin songs and i found out that one of them was a gordon lightfoot song I'm like okay that's cool but it, to be honest i never started really hurting his name until i started coming to the song talk meetup and starting doing this podcast and really engaging with other singer songwriters because, you know, in the 70s, 
I went straight from Sesame Street to disco. So he didn't figure in there <laughs> in the eighties <laughs> ran around. It was the police, Michael Jackson and Madonna. Gordon Eiffel was not to be found <laughs> in that mix. <laughs> so it kind of, it kind of breezed right by me um, as I was growing up. But, um, but I, I know, I know uh, Phil and Jacob, you guys are much more familiar with him and, and, and really, really engage with him. Uh, have you ever met him, Jacob? Yes, I uh, played at the Hughes Room tribute that they did uh, back in 2013, and uh, he was uh, honored there on a yearly basis. They would do a right. kind of, and they would hope that he would show up, kind of like waiting for <laughs> the Doe or Guffman or something. They'd hope that he'd actually show up and take his seat in the front, and oftentimes he would. And sometimes he'd actually take the stage and sing with the with the the guests. And um, Jory Nash would put this thing together, and it was great. So he asked me to come and do a couple of Gord songs. I came uh, as part of my introduction to the Gord song that I was going to play. I, I sort of talked about how my dad loved Gordon Lightfoot, and I would try to antagonize my dad by doing a mm-hmm. bad Gordon Lightfoot impression at the dinner table. Oh, no. <laughs> um, and so I proceeded to do my Gordon Lightfoot impression. And as I'm doing it mid stride, there he, this willowy figure walks into the light and kind of takes his seat at the front. And I'm like, oh boy, you know, so, so then, uh, and I was I wasn't sure if that was him or not until the end of the song, and that's when I found out that was Gordon Lightfoot. Mm. Um, so uh, it, the song that I played was "Ribbon of Darkness," and I put uh, my version of that song out today as a, kind of a new video. Uh, I hadn't done a proper performance video of it um, before, and so I put that out today and just thought, you know, it's just a nice way to honor the guy. He's got a lot of great songs. You mentioned two good ones. I mean, Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald comes to mind, Sundown, Everyday uh, Rainy Day People, um, Carefree Highway. There's uh, you know more than you think you know, you know, when it comes oh, to yeah. Yeah, Let's just say it, yeah. <laughs> on the radio and you go, okay, yeah, I know that one too. Well, of course, because I grew up in uh, the 70s and was a huge radio listener. I had the radio on every, um, constantly and knew that every word to every song. And Gordon Lightfoot was all over there. He was, you know, had huge radio airplay. Um, of course, uh, contemporary with uh, Joni Mitchell and part of the York, Toronto Yorkville, um, Toronto Yorkville folk scene, which which was huge in a way that I don't think most Canadians, real, you know, younger Canadians realize how big and influential the Yorkville scene was. Toronto was considered to be a really hip. Place partially because of um, you know the the Vietnam War and, and you know, the draft dodgers and all that, but um, yeah, he he's a master songwriter and has written so many songs. I mean, it's not just you know um, a few hits. I mean, just just tons and tons of songs, and still performing. I think he actually they, uh, when he passed away, he still had dates um, on his um, to perform. You know, so he uh, certainly didn't need the money, but he just loved performing so much. One thing I loved about Gordon Lightfoot's uh, lyrics is he wrote in a way that was really kind of complex and very adult. A lot of pop music was written for teenagers. And, you know, when you have your first love, it's very intense and perhaps a little bit simplistic. Um, in its emotional complexity. But Gordon was able to write songs of heartbreak, but sort of a really kind of mature heartbreak. And one of the lines um, in, in um, If You Could Read My Mind, 
um, because at first you're, you're listening to the lyrics and it kind of sounds like he's heartbroken. But then at the, the, he has a line that says, I don't know where we went wrong, but the feeling's gone and I just can't get it back, which changes the whole nature of the relationship. And that's something that happens to you when you're an adult, when you have a relationship that collapses. And even if you are no longer in love with someone, you can still be in mourning for that. Um, it's... It's fascinating. He's a fascinatingly subtle um, and masterful songwriter. And if you can pull apart any of his songs, um, the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald never should have made it onto um, radio because it is not structured in any way, shape, or form like a normal radio pop song. Huge hit. So definitely a masterful um, songwriter. And uh, yeah, our condolences go to, uh, you know, um, his 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 family, his friends, and, and, and all of Canada, because, you yeah. know, we're kind of losing those masters from, um, from a very special time in Canadian history, and a special time in the, in the music industry as well. It's not going to be quite there. So, if um, anyone have any other thoughts on Gordon, or shall we uh, move on? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, something else I mm -hmm. wanted to mention is that the Ed Sheeran um lawsuit uh got um settled uh they figured out um his case his the case was dismissed um I, of course if you're not familiar with this um this this case is um the family of marvin gay uh um sued over the similarities between let's get it on and thinking out loud. And, you know, I, at first they decided that he actually was infringing, um, which really, which really frustrated me because it's pretty obvious if you know how songs are written, that it's, it may be inspired, but all art is inspired by something else. Otherwise you just have pitch noise. You know, everyone's doing, Oh, this is a rhythm I heard in this kind of music. This is a melody that I heard in this kind of music. Music is built on art. All art is built on other kinds of art. Um, and it was obviously that the initial jury really did not understand how songs were written. And so they just sort of said, oh, it sounded kind of the same. Um, but um, I think uh, goodness prevailed. <laughs> um, Jacob, do you have any thoughts about this, especially someone who covers so many songs? Yeah. Well, I, I I took the trouble of listening to both songs to see what uh, people were what they the the plaintiff was was on about in this case, and uh, yeah, I just I didn't see it. I mean, I, I the, the maybe the groove is similar, and maybe the chords fall in a similar harmonic rhythm, but everything about the melody uh, mm. and everything is just I think it's it, it it can't be based on chord progressions. It really can't. It's got to be based on a combination plate of the chords the melodic rhythm, the melodic uh, movements, and um, to some extent, the harmony. But I think it's, it's really about that, that relationship between the, 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 the melody and the rhythm. And if things start to sound like, you know, well, yeah, we got, what are the famous cases? I want a new drug. 
and Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? Mm, <laughs> they, yeah. they, sound, right. they did sound quite a bit the same, actually. You, you got to see it. Or My Sweet Lord and uh, and that song it's by so, that. Oh, yeah. It's they, so it's fun. Exactly, yeah. Those, those you can kind of see it because the things fall in a similar cadence. There just wasn't any of that cadence matchup here. And I think it was a, it was a nothing burger. And ultimately, I thought it was smart of him to say, I'm going to quit music if this goes the wrong way and if I get found uh, to be in violation here. Because I think the person who was bringing the case was half-heartedly bringing it. She admitted as much that she was like, you know what, I'd hate to do this because he's a nice guy. He's a working musician. And, you know, I don't want to I don't want to sort of mess up his life because of this. I just, um, you know, so she seemed a little bit kind of on the fence whether she was she was in for a penny and for a pound at some point. And she was just going to go through with it. But I think he was kind of playing his card wisely because it was it, the amount of harm that was going to be brought to him and his career and his fans. Should this go the, the wrong way, uh, kind of got amped up by that statement that he made. So, yeah. How about you, Neil? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I did. I think I watched like the a couple of YouTube videos, Rick Beato and and um, probably the David Bennett piano player guy. They've talked about it a little bit. And yeah, it, like I, I wasn't even familiar with the um, the Ed Sheeran song all that much. But yeah, it's it's a chord progression, and it's and, and you know, and, and 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 like those guys on the YouTube were saying, and how we all know there's only twelve notes. You know, there's only certain combinations of those things. But like you're saying, Jacob has to be the combination of the chords, the melodies, the rhythms, the the structure, all those sorts of things before you can actually call it, you know, really a copy of, of something. But, um, you know, because I think I think it's the fallout from that um, uh, from the Blurred Lines thing. Um, yes, because yes. The, because there they really went after the groove and it was it was basically that it was a, it was a very, very similar groove. Um, so but, you know, but they even everyone, everyone was saying, too, that if 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 the 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 state of of Marvin Gaye had won this case, that would really change things moving forward. Yeah, as, as yeah. far as what you can release and what you can get away with. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were trying to do some kind of Marvin Gaye reparations <laughs> gambit or something. <laughs> Whereas, like, because he did inspire a lot of music. So, I mean, does he do oh, people yeah. who've heard his music owe him something? I don't know, maybe. But yeah. in this case. I don't know. That was a, that was a real rip in the way that somebody who samples, um, you know, uh, under pressure and puts it out as Ice Ice Baby owes yeah. the queen some money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is fine. I yeah. think most people would be fine with that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not to the extent that it's like, oh, it's been plagiarized or it's like, and it's and it's a sum of money that is in. It's not commensurate with the contribution. You know? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, because I mean, we we're all writing stuff, and you know, we our our melodies and our ideas are formed by what we consume, and that's mm -hmm. why I tell people when they say, "Oh, I have writer's block. What should I do?" I say, "Let's do a whole bunch of stuff you've never heard before." Yeah, that's mm -hmm. the best way of recharging yourself because mm -hmm. you've run out of fuel. You need to get some new ideas and go. Gee, I never had a song that did dum 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 at the beginning. Maybe I'll figure that out, and that gives you. <laughs> A jumping off point and you try something that you haven't tried before. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I wonder if it was a bit of a cash grab. I don't know. Um, mm. You know, it's, it's, it looks like it's been put to bed. So hopefully that's going to be. Hopefully. Well, end. and, but the, I mean, the next thing coming up is a whole, whole all these questions introducing by, but, uh, by artificial intelligence. Um, oh, yeah. 
which is actually a segue into in, 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 into the song that I'm going to be sharing because I just saw a YouTube uh, Rick Beato's uh, latest video. He's a great YouTuber. If you, if you guys don't know him or listeners, anyway, um, and and the latest uh, video he just he just posted today um, was was about you know the 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 ramifications of of artificial intelligence and the whole fake Drake thing. So some producer on TikTok came up with basically like took all the data of Drake's voice and 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 Kanye West and a whole bunch of other people as well and then created an original song original hip hop song using Drake's voice and and then MGM Music shut down his YouTube YouTube video I guess it was still available on TikTok but it was it shut down his YouTube video which which begs the question does MGM Music then own it wasn't Drake's song it's an original composition clearly but did they own Drake's voice <laughs> or does Drake own Drake's voice <laughs> On Drake's voice. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird one. I, I, I did not get what was happening there. And I think if I was Drake or The Weeknd, I'd be like, you know, I don't know, cut us in for some of it. Like, uh, yeah, like yeah. That's, that's basically Grimes it. is making her voice available to anybody who wants to make a song with it. Yeah. If that's your sort of thing, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but she, her voice is uh, yeah, it's just is is kind of up for fifty fifty uh, royalty splits on whoever wants to grab it and make a song with it, and that's a certain kind of attitude towards AI. It's a, quite an embracing. It's not surprising that the wife of Elon Musk is embracing technology, mm. uh, but uh, in this case, it's um, I, I don't know what the ramifications are. I think it's gonna it's it's gonna unleash kind of a, a bit of a it's a bit of a Pandora's box, I think. I don't think mm. we know what it's all going to yeah. uh, uh, unleash because, uh, yeah, you're going to have the way people use an effect like um, auto-tune on a voice to make it unrecognizable. There's a, there's, it's possible that people will use it, uh, AI, to kind of mimic um, famous voices, celebrity voices, to create a sound that no one's ever heard before some weird mashup of tones and inflections um, that will, will be a, a completely original sounding voice. And that's kind of, that's an interesting creative use for it. I suppose if it's yeah, just a bunch of be. cameos in your song, it's like, Oh yeah. Ma- Michael Jackson singing the backups on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I don't know if the utility of that, I think, but ultimately the market will decide what the utilities, these things uh, is, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then one of the things he was saying is that like, like we care, we're songwriters, we're musicians, you know, you, you, Jacob, you're a working musician. So it really matters to, to, to somebody like you, general population, they listen to a fake Drake. They can't tell the difference. They don't even, even if they, even if they know it's a fake Drake song, they, he, he actually featured this one YouTuber or another YouTuber on, on, on his, on his video. And the dude was like, this sounds better than Drake. <laughs> like he knows, he knew, he knew it was a fake Drake song, but he liked it better than most Drake songs. <laughs> and it's like, okay. <laughs> Cause if you like it, you like it. And, and, and that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I mean, what's the last time, you know, people don't really care. I don't know. I just hate to say it, but they think they would care if it's genuine or not, as long as it elicits an emotional response in the listener. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that, we're after. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, so, people, so many people listen to music in a very different way than, than we do. And it took me a long time to be able to go to a live show and not act like a musician <laughs> and like pick apart the band or what they yeah, were, yeah. Like, didn't because it finally really, uh, it finally dawned on me. I looked at my friends, and they were just going, "Hey, this is great drinking a beer." 
Yeah. That's what it was. They didn't sort of think, oh, the bass player is sloppy or the drummer is good or any of that stuff. It was just they took it for face value. And there's as a creator, I think it is important to be able to put yourself into that mindset because not, you know, not everyone's gonna notice that wrong little note. You know, mm-hmm. it'll bug us, but everyone will just go, Oh, that sounds great. You know. So Monday. Funny that you mentioned that. Just one quick story about that subject. I once went to see Meatloaf in concert. Oh yeah, and uh, I was given front row tickets, but because I knew the bass player in the band, and uh, my wife and I went. Uh, he was doing all of Batter to Hell from beginning wow. to end. Wow. Um, the band was great. Um, Meatloaf was a fiasco. Like he was <laughs> like literally sweating bullets. Had to run off stage to grab things off a tray and pop them in his mouth. Don't know what that was. And he'd return to the stage and he'd, and he'd emit a sound that, you know, if you were maybe an untrained ear, really untrained ear, you maybe would think that it was singing, but he wasn't hitting any notes. No. Like one of the notes of his songs, did he, was he singing? So it was kind of like, almost like a, the, uh, have you ever heard like German Sprechstimme, you know, where it's just yeah. like, <laughs> you know, it's just like aspirations. It's just kind of, it's just, it's just making noises. And uh, that was, that was how he approached every song. And I'm, I'm thinking this is a total disaster. I turn around and the entire crowd behind me uh, are just mouth open, hands together, loving it. Loving it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're interpolating their memory of the song on top of his performance of the song. And they're not really hearing what he's doing. It's very interesting. Mm. It's like a very interesting experiment. <laughs> Holy uh, cow. Musicology crazy. there. So, <laughs> yeah. I was, oh, it my was, goodness. But people do yeah. listen. To it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that happens. Maybe, maybe not to that degree, but I'm sure it happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, um, my biggest question is why, why isn't AI doing our laundry? Why is it making art? Yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. AI should be freeing us up so we can do more art. I know, because it really art. ought to be able to separate laundry better than I can. I mean, <laughs> it's a low bar, but <laughs> still. Heather yeah. didn't uh, didn't sort her laundry before we before we moved into each other. So really? now we work, but yeah, yeah. No, she just took everything and dumped it in. It's madness, madness. I tell you, madness. <laughs> Okay. All right. So talking about that's uh, totally going to be our next songwriting challenge. Write a song about sorting laundry. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. So Neil, you've gone through a bit of a journey with your own song. Yeah, uh, take it away. So okay, so I wrote a song in 2012, 2013 ish. It was a uh, it was a progressive rock song. I was experimenting around with odd time signatures and. And I came up with this little this little riff thing and then developed a lyric and and I wanted it to be a song about a codependent relationship and sort of wrote wrote this song. And actually I I brought it to our our songwriters meetup um at the at the time and got a little bit of feedback on it and stuff like that. And um and at the time I was actually looking for a singer to sing on the song. And actually, if you remember, Phil, I asked you to help me out. And you actually came over to my studio one day and sort of learned it. And are you, are you still with us, Phil? You were frozen I there for to. a minute. Okay, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, okay. So if you remember, you know, way back when, this is 10 years ago now, I asked you to come over and, and you kind of you kind of learned it and did a, did a take or two um, of, of the vocals. And I was like, okay, that was, that was pretty good. That was great. And, and just kind of sat on it for a, a long time because... Um, I, I just, I, th- I think I just kind of moved on to other things and kind of, and kind of forgot about it. Um, and, 
And and actually, it was an AI thing that made me want to revisit it this year because uh, I've talked about this on the podcast a few times back back just after the holidays. Um, I discovered this this new software um, uh, called Dreamtonic Synthesizer V, which is basically a virtual singer software. And because because my singing voice has never been that strong, I started thinking about what songs can I revisit that I never really kind of finished or that I never updated um, from from years ago. And I updated like a little uh, a ballad that I'd written a, a, few, a few years ago about the Me Too movement. And 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 I, even then, I wanted I, I knew I knew I needed to change some lyrics, but I just never got the chance to re-record it myself. Um, so I thought, well, why don't I just test out this this uh, virtual singer on it? And I tried it out a few times. I thought, let me try it out on on this song. But it occurred to me too, from all the stuff that that I've learned over the last ten years, doing this podcast every week and going to the meetups and engaging with more songwriters, I listened to my original thing from ten years ago, and I'm like, that chorus is terrible. It's it's a clunky melody. It's just it's just awful. And and I, th- I thought to myself, well, I mean, what's to stop me from just completely demolishing the the melody and the lyric and the in the chorus and rewriting it? And I'm like, I can keep with the same theme. I'm like, what's another what's another lyrical approach I can take to the same idea? And came up with an alternate chorus, way hookier, way more catchy, way simpler than my original sort of convoluted, you know, meandering melody thing. And um and 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 came up with that, and then and then and then went back um, to to something that that I've been kind of um, dealing with the last couple of years now um, is really getting. Uh, um, I, I like to call it more country with my lyrics because the original draft of this song was steeped in imagery, steeped in metaphor, obscure things, you know. Uh, uh, sort of allusions to other things, and they didn't really, they didn't really convey, you know, the emotion or what what the song was actually about. Like, what is this really about? Kind of thing. And actually, Phil, at the time, you were the one that encouraged me to do a do a rewrite of the lyrics and and make it a little more accessible, make it a little more storytelling, make it a little more uh, straight straightforward. And um, and so I, 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 on this on this revision, I tried to push that even further, and actually ended up writing rewriting quite a bit of the lyric um, the last uh, couple of months, and um, and and then you know took it back to the to the meetup group and got some more feedback about the uh, you know about it being a codependent relationship and having a balance between the two sides. Um, that sort of thing, and continue to develop the lyric, continue to develop the lyric, and everyone was listening to it, listening to it today in preparation for the show. I was like, yeah, I want to change that one word, <laughs> kind of thing. It just might hit a little bit better. So I'm continuing to do that, and and the, the interesting thing is the the musical ideas, the structure of the song, um, that has remained completely the same. I kept the same drum tracks, the, uh, the same. I got a, a fellow I meet at, uh, met at the uh, meetup way back when. Um, his name is Armando Amido, really, really talented guitar player. I got him to do the lead guitar on it. And and that has stayed. Uh, his solos are still in there, <laughs> exactly the same spots. So everything structurally and musically about about the song um, is the same, except for the melody um, in, in the chorus for the for the revised version. So it's really, it's really interesting to me how 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 I'm a different songwriter than I was, you know, 10 years ago. And to say that 
you know, before, if lyrically I was hiding things through metaphors and things like that, I'm being much more open and straightforward now. Um, is that a better thing? I actually haven't really fully decided that yet. I still appreciate songs that are steeped in metaphor and, and imagery and, and don't really understand what they're about. But they, if they have a good melody and, and interesting turns of phrase, I, I'm kind of happy with it from a from a listener standpoint. From a writing standpoint, I tend to be more in, invested in in the actual meaning um, of, of of my lyric and very concerned about specifics of words and and all those sorts of things where I'm I'm not that in, intensely critical of that when I'm listening to other people's songs, mm. um, which maybe is a strange place to be, but yeah, it, it, it is um, what it is. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story. <laughs> why, don't, uh, why don't we take a listen to the first version? Yeah. So the, the other thing is these two, so these two versions of the songs actually have different titles because I changed everything about the chorus melody and lyric, the title changed. So <laughs> the original one um, is called, uh, uh, was called um, It All Depends. And um, yeah, it goes a little something like this. Except 
Just like air Realize it is not fair Like a chick leaves the nest Security late to rest Fly away to the unknown Trust myself, I should know Can I tread my own path Without isolating you It all depends on your words and deeds Filtered through my own thoughts and needs It all depends on my will to be me I must regain my own life Okay, so that was very uh, prog. Yeah. prog, yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to this, and we, the tools that we use often kind of dictate what comes out because they have certain tools do things e more easily than others. And oh. most modern DAWs, um, most modern uh does work really well in four four and very consistent time and you have a very you have a complex sort of time signatures which is would be easier to do if you had a band because you could you know sort of take it live um so i, I was always impressed that you were able to do it because it's quite fidgety to do this on mm. your own basically you know it, it can be i mean you got to set it up properly in the right time signature and even the pre-chorus gets a little free timey like it doesn't really line up with the grid but you know yeah yeah it, it, it can be for sure did you um write the lyrics first on this one the no for the first thing i came up with was that original and i'm like okay that's five four <laughs> Like I'm okay. gonna go with that. Now that I remember, I remember very distinctly that was the first thing I came up with on the piano, right? And I'm like, it's, this should be this should be electric guitar, regardless. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah. And oh, uh, the the other note about this song uh, in relation to our uh, songwriting challenge. This is in Dorian, boys and girls, because our, our songwriting challenge, Jacob, is, is to write a song in a mode. And even then, even back then, I I I, I was just starting to learn about modes, and I was like. 
start start with the D minor. D minor is my home. Just use the white keys, and that's what I <laughs> that's what I ended up with. And I, I knew it was in D Dorian, but I didn't really understand what that what that meant. Now I understand a little bit a little bit better. But anyway, as as a bit of an aside. Oh, but then yeah, yeah, the lyrics came afterwards, and yeah. Uh, sorry, Jacob, what were you saying? <laughs> I would expect nothing less than a modal approach from you, Neil Modi. It was <laughs> perfect for you and just, you know, and it was great. I enjoyed the the rush allusions, whether intentional or not. I felt, oh. uh, felt Rush's presence in mm-hmm. the, uh, in, in just the, the verse construction. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's one of those songs that's kind of like the, depending on how you feel it, that's how you're soloing over it, right? And so it was an unusual juxtaposition, I thought, between the, guitar lead guitar voice and the rhythm section and it felt like they were in a pleasant way sort of almost playing two different songs and if you were kind of like that they've been overlaid over top of each other like you know it's some kind of a an interesting arrangement mixed media kind of experiment or something you know what i mean like the, the two things had sat, shared in common the same uh key and mode and everything else and and general rhythmic structure but uh, but the emphases of the rhythm section and the emphases that were felt in the lead guitar voice i thought that's I, i've often sort of messed around with my own um lead guitar tracks if i'm feeling like they're getting too predictable <laughs> i will offset them by a few 16th notes and see if that oh. <laughs> generates a different rhythm you know what right. i mean that kind of takes me to a more uh, appealing and surprising place. So that's just how it hit me when I first heard it. Yeah. That, that do, you, do you feel that that um, that disconnection exists with the vocal melody as well? No, or is it, vocal, or is it more, more so sat, with the guitar? The vocals yeah. sat exactly where they needed to sit. Yeah, yeah. And okay. it was those things where it's like the... And I actually, I liked the chorus on this one. Um, okay. And uh, I thought that that was... That was probably for me. That's where it kind of started to gel. That's where I started. Sometimes, you know, those things are we, we're playing with tension. We're playing with um, how things kind of rub against each other, and it's it's like musical suspense, right? Mm-hmm. And usually, the chorus is a place where things pay off a little bit more than maybe a verse, which might uh, test the listener's um, ability to kind of track what's going on, you know, melodically, mm-hmm. rhythmically. Um, which I think that, yeah, that, that, that intro was strong. And then the verse, um, it's, that's one of those things where the verse kind of like makes you pay attention, not just to the changing rhythmic structure, but also to the story that's being unfolded as well. The, the, uh, somewhat oblique references to, to probably real events kind of thing. And just, and like you say, being, being metaphorical, is is a way in some ways kind of keeping it keeping us in suspense because we don't know what's what's being meant just yet we're kind of still trying to put the puzzle together do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's that's where that's where that song kind of left me was was i need a few more listens to put the puzzle together you know what i mean it just felt like it was and i've already heard the song but i just i've i've it's still there's still lots there and i like that i like when a song is kind of reveals itself over time you know mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, good, interesting thoughts. Uh, yeah, with with the guitar again, it's it's one of those things that I, I I think I've been struggling with for for forever. Is when I write something like this that's fairly unconventional, getting other people to collaborate with me on it 
becomes a bit of a challenge. I remember when I asked you to sing vocals on this, Phil, you really struggled with it. Like the five, four time yeah. really took you for a, a throw and you had to, you had to like do it over and over again before you could get the timing. Right. And same thing with this guitarist. He was like, I'm just going to play what, what it kind of feels right. But he was probably he was, like, you're right. Oh, Jacob, he was probably, he was probably playing more like a four, four type of solo. Like he's used to doing forever. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's right. And the rhythm section was asking something else. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that he didn't give it to them meant that there was tension between the two parts. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. But and and, 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 and interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then and, and I didn't I didn't edit his solos to try and like get to to make that synergy work together because that would have just I think I think that just would have been weird. But I I did you know, nudge a little bit of his timings and stuff like that. But other than that, the solos are pretty much like he, he played them. But that, that's an interesting observation because I guess like one of those things, like I've been hearing this for years. So to me, it's like, that's the way the solo goes. I, like I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't include into me that there was a, there was an odd tension there, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Now, and of course, now you've uh, revisited this and I think you've done some really interesting things. So let's talk about the changes and your approach to those changes. So the changes, so so the, the, just like Jacob was just saying, like like the verses kind of want to lead you along the story, and especially if they if they are obtuse a little bit, then maybe that's an opportunity for your chorus to sort of pay that off, right? And 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 if you're going to be obtuse in your verses, then maybe the chorus is a place to state it plainly, right? Mm -hmm. So with my revision actually did quite the opposite my verses are now very storytelling and emotion feeling focused and, and there's no there's not a lot of like imagery or metaphor and everything with that the metaphor now comes in the chorus so it's kind of a flip of that but it, it but at least but the point is that there's a difference so that one does kind of um contrast um with with the other and um what else can I say about this? I got a different virtual singer <laughs> on, on this one, a better, a better quality one. The first one was like a demo, demo version of that software. Um, and this, and, and this version as well. Um, uh, so when, when, when I took it to the meetup, um, the last time I took it to the meetup, one of the things that the one of the, one of the, uh, meetup members had said was that you take a really long time to get to the chorus and, and it's true. I got intro just to get the listener into that five four groove because you need a bit you need a bit of time to <laughs> eight bars to get get them into that right. And then you know I want to highlight Ar Armando's guitar solo because it was pretty sweet. And then you get into the verse, and then there's a second verse, and then finally you get to the chorus. It's probably a minute and a half into this thing. So what I did on on this on this revised version as well is I bumped everything forward and I inserted a new um, softer intro. Uh, this sort of just sort of coursey guitar thing, and um, and and just and just gave a preview of the chorus and the title, um, wow. as, as as a sort of pre-intro, and then got into the intro. So that, that that's the only structural difference to the song is the the whole song was shifted over and just another sixteen bars inserted in, in at the beginning. So now it's so now it's now it's more prog because it's like over five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> so that's getting in that really really prog rock uh, uh, range. And um and as well, I've worked on the mix of this, so it sounds this version sounds a lot more slamming. Um, um you also rewrote all the lyrics. Pretty much. I think the first pre-chorus is the same. Other than that, everything yeah is different. Yep. That's great. 
Yeah. You know, so it's a complete it's... lyrical rewrite, but but the melodies are the same. The verse melody is the same. The pre-chorus melody is the same. The chorus melody because 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 it was the chorus was completely different. Um, is is different, but other than that, like I, I worked hard at this. Was one of those situations where it's like the melody, especially in the verses. I think I think you were alluding to this too, Jacob, about about the melody falls in place. It it, it was it was kind of in my brain that the melody has to stay the way it is. It's five four time. I'm not gonna butts with it too much because it it is what it is that that is the melody so i had to make the lyrics when my revised lyrics fit that melody lately in my songs I, I go the other way i write the lyric first and then i develop the melody off of off the lyrics because i i found that if, if i had tried this 10 years ago and had a melody first and then try to insert the lyrics and i would have ended up you know where the cadence, the emphasis, the emphasis is wrong, wrong, wrong syllable, or the cadence falls wrong, or I insert a word that doesn't really need to be there just because I need the syllable or something like that. But I feel like in my second version now, because I'm a better lyric writer than I was ten years ago, um, a lot of the the phrasing and things is a little more straightforward and a little more conversational, and actually falls naturally the way um, you would say things um, for the most part. Hopefully, <laughs> and um, uh, so I, I think that I think there's a there's definitely a quality difference um, there. But it, but it was an interesting exercise going going the other way and and having and having the melody solidified before I before I started revising lyrics. Really All right, let's take a list. Take okay, a list so so this it. one so this version is called Heads and Tails, and sounds like this. Yeah. 
Love it. That, yeah. That chorus is about a billion, jillion times better. Great to hear that, Phil. I want to know why. Why why do you feel that way? It is because it is catchy. Um the the first chorus didn't really felt like a chorus. It didn't have mm. a list, it didn't change the approach to your um kind of the, the cadence of the lyrics were, were very similar. So you called it a chorus, but it wasn't really a chorus. You know, it was just like <laughs> another verse. Well, this is actually a chorus, and I've been singing it since I've been hearing it. It's like that may be one of the best melodies I think I've ever heard you do. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. It is really, yeah, it is good. Also, it's one of the few songs that actually uses the word my health in it, which is interesting. I don't think okay. they would my... say the, use the words my health. Huh. Um, what do you think, um, uh, uh, Jacob? I love the uh, the chorus, and um, yeah, it's 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 the way in which it kind of hues to the uh, harmony of the moment that kind of seals it for me. It kind of takes away the, like you say, the 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 suspense, if you want to call it that, between what you're what's being sung and what's being played is ramped up in the verses. That's still there. All of those kind of tension notes that you're singing against the chords, uh, like uh, I was saying, basically, yeah, notes that don't belong in the chord of the moment that's mm-hmm. happening in the rhythm section. 
but are being sung anyways and are being kind of like introduced as kind of, you know, just a little bit of a knife to the ribs a little bit, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, and then when the chorus comes, that's all kind of done away with. And we we're into all of the notes that you're singing kind of belong in the mm-hmm. chord of the moment and, and, um, and, and, and dance around in a really satisfying sort of way. And in, in that t- um, time signature, uh, which is hard to do. It's hard to make it groove. It's hard to make five, four kind of swing a little bit and have it be musical uh, in the cadences. And so I thought that that's where you kind of paid it off. If not like in terms of the detail of the, of the lyrics, um, like you say, you maybe went with a more slightly more obtuse kind of approach in the, in the choruses uh, lyrically. Um, but those are, yeah, those are singable and uh, easily understandable phrases. And so there were, there are great things to hang that melody on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a success in, in a lot of ways. And that, that new voice that you've used um, was a good, was a, probably a good uh, choice. I thought for that kind of style, it's had kind of a bit of a rock voice. You could, I could, I don't know if you could detect it, but you can kind of hear where it's kind of struggling to, you know, map out <laughs> the melodic choices that it's that have been kind of, uh, you know, that's, that have been programmed into the, into the software. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, it's sort of like all software at some point, it doesn't compute and, and <laughs> it kind of does a thing, you know, it, it wigs out a little bit. Wigs out. So yeah, I can yeah. kind of hear that a little bit there. Um, which by the way, you wouldn't get if you paid a session singer to come in and sing it for you. So very true. Absolutely. You know, AI. I just, it, I was reflecting on it the whole time. I was like, all the gigs that I've gotten singing for people in, you know, far flung places around the world who on their demos, you know, is that, is that entire industry just gone now? If we've got, <laughs> really hold on. <laughs> we've got AI, AI singers. Cause I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. like you, you've hipped me to something that I didn't know, uh, which oh. is that that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I'll be honest, this software is kind of blowing my mind. I paid like 200 bucks for it. And I'm just like, I'm, I can do anything with it. The, the, the really cool thing about this to me right now is that it is a compositional tool. Like right. I literally, I want to change one word. I can go in the next day and just change one word. I don't have to get a singer back in here, hook up a yeah. microphone. I don't have to worry about sibilants. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just like, it makes everything so easy to 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 get my creative vision implemented yeah right so that that's the really remarkable thing um to me about it but yeah you had mentioned that in the chorus um you were getting a bit more metaphorical mm-hmm. but the action like although it's metaphorical the images are very concrete you know you mm-hmm. have heads and tails hammer and nails basically everyone's going to be thinking you're saying hammer and nails I know you just say hammer and nail, but people are going to think hammer and nails. Yeah, I know. You know. Um, But because they're so, because those metaphors are so concrete, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're not quite as sort of loosey-goosey as some of the other stuff, which was just kind of like someone trying to say something but who didn't really want to say it. (laughs) Yes. Which is you know, where we've all been to. Yeah, I have one yeah. small suggestion. Um, yes. And that is, you know, verse one, verse two, you have your pre-chorus. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have that guitar bit. Mm-hmm. I would take that out because it doesn't add anything. And mm-hmm. it just gets in the way of the um, 
the chorus. Um, and I think it's, it's better if you go from the pre-chorus right into the chorus because the chorus is so strong. And I don't think that guitar thing adds that much to the song. I think it'd be stronger. Um, yeah, I think I think you may be right. I think I was just trying to give my guitar player all his dues. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's a great uh, it's a great track. I mean, this might be something that's you know using these tools can be a great way of sort of exploring and seeing what you want to do with a song, and then maybe at this point you might want to get a band together and actually play it and see if you could do a, like a real sort of you know real session for it or get a mm -hmm. session singer in to do it because i yeah. think a session a really good session singer could come in here and you know because you have your cadences are still very blocky kind of you know sort of like mm. voices, whereas a singer might say just like you always have you map out our only path like they might do those little sort of hesitations and you know before the beats after beats they kind mm. of give it a bit more style um there's actually getty lee does that a lot like i don't think people really listen to getty lee that way but he actually does a lot of little subtle sort of bits you know mm. like they started off as a as a led zeppelin black sabbath stuff that's actually the rush i like this um mm. but um you know that's their roots so he still has that and listen to their early stuff that is really straight ahead rock and roll it's amazing mm -hmm. yeah very much so. stuff. Mm -hmm. um but yeah a really a really great um great tune and that that chorus is just friggin fantastic awesome now cool. uh, can, I, can i throw one crazy idea out here for you yeah for please that you can just try and then to trash it if it's no good <laughs> but uh at the top yeah we talk about in, in songwriting, though there's like and songwriting uh, more more about like recordings, I suppose, than songwriting. It's that the songs have a top, you know what I mean? And it's the first thing you hear when you advance to that track. It's like, what is that sound? Mm -hmm. What is the thing that you're hearing? And um, I think about songs like uh, the Reflex, you know, <laughs> by uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Says, "So like, reflex, flex, 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 flex whatever, whatever, right?" And then you're in, right? Yeah, yeah. So he kind of gave you the title off the top, whatever. Oh, and there's another song. It was like another '80s song. It was like, "We run," you know, and then and just like that. And then he went into the song, whatever it was. I don't know if it was OMD or whoever did that song. I forget, but yeah. but there's your song has that, right? You could just make it uh, briefer, right? That top. I I when you said what you were doing with it. I guess I had in my mind that that's what it was going to be. And I thought uh, oh, that'd be great if it was just like a little guitar kind of fading in and then the voice kind of exclaiming that hook and then we're in kind of with the, with the, with the verse kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Because the rest of it, you, I don't think it needed, I think it repeated two or three times. And um, I th thought it lost potency every time it repeated. Mm. So the potency mm. could have remained had you just left it as one. So I'd say just give that a, give that a whirl because I think that could really improve that section and, and add a little bit of immediacy to the song, which you don't want to lose people and have them next track. You know what I mean? It's like that's what the top is for. It's like stay yeah, with yeah, no, this is yeah. it. You know what I mean? So yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then the top the top of the the, the revised version was kind of. Yeah, because because people in the in the meetup had said 
it would take a long time to get to the chorus. So I'll introduce it earlier, but it, it could, yeah, it could be a more slamming version of the chorus, I think is what you're saying. Yeah, just just have a bit of attitude off the top. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's right. This chorus is coming. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it does work. I mean, having that bit there in the front does work better than going right into the um, the 5 4, because 5 4 is. Um, you know, a little bit jarring. I went through a whole uh, Dave Brubeck uh, phase, and I went and bought all the stuff. And the, 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 that pre-intro is in five four too. The whole the whole, the whole track is in five four. And there's no time changes. But just getting like some of the stuff is actually more swingy than other stuff. Some of the stuff yeah. is more about experiment. It, it, it's a lot more rhythmic in the rest of the song for sure. Yeah. But um, so I think that intro does add something, but I think it is yeah too long. And just, you know, doing the, especially because that is such a hammer and nails, you know, because I've been mm -hmm. going around singing it all the time. It's like, it's such a saying. So you want to get that right in there because you have, how many, like, I think you have, how many times do you go through the chord? Um, you're, you're, well, you're, so the, the intro, the riff cycles. happens first two, two times and then with the guitar solo two more times and then it goes into the verse. And then maybe, that's after, and that's after the the pre intro, yeah. Maybe you could actually just take that out and just go right into the uh, guitar. Yeah, it's it's possible, especially if I take Jacob's suggestion and do kind of a modified, just the title version of the chorus off the top with yeah. something of a, of a beat and then guitar solo and then into the verse. No, they'll pull it back under the five minute mark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Listen, I don't mind. I don't mind a long song, by the way. I've, no, I'm no, not, no. I'm not the one who's pushing for a shorter song i think it's no, just no. that intro will will be it will be slamming man if you if you mm. if you kind of just be that just be like a little wet their you know their their taste buds with that with that that little uh hook off the top and then get into the work of the verse you know what i mean of kind of introducing all of that um new material you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. Yeah. for sure yeah that's, that's that's a great idea both great ideas cool so Neil, what cool. do you what do you plan on doing with this? I I don't know. At this point, it's just a, a question to me of of quote unquote finishing it, like finish the songwriting process of it, and and then I don't know. I mean, I, I this is not maybe the kind of song I would take to my band. I don't know if those. I mean, I, if we really worked at it, we could do the five four thing. I'm I'm actually I'm actually confident that they're going to do it, but me as the drummer. I'm gonna. I'm gonna want to go to four four. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it in my. I can do it in my software and program it and whatever. But to do it as a live drummer, oh boy, that'd be tough. <laughs> yeah, you know, sorry, go on, Jacob. No, it just it's it's a feel thing with five four. It's just gonna spend yeah. a lot of time in it to kind of feel it. Not as five four, but like three and two or two and yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah. something four plus one yeah but, and this is this is definitely a bump 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 three four five it's a three it's a three plus two yeah right riff thing but yeah <laughs> it's, it's you a, know I, I think it's a pretty strong song i think it's it, it's it's easy for us to get a song to a point and then just kind of go on to one of the other kajillion songs we're working on mm -hmm. and because it's always more fun to work on something new but I think this is worthwhile focusing on and actually polishing it up and do, and tweaking and tightening it up because I think it's a it's it's a really it, it's it's a strong tune. Mm -hmm. I think it's um Thank you. and maybe even even worth you know um getting a session person 
you know, maybe someone who's just starting out who doesn't want huge amounts of money yeah. um, to uh, <laughs> to do it, you know, just to, to lay down because I think it would really elevate it up. It's certainly that voice thing does is a great tool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like a real singer is, you know, it's not... Mm-hmm. Not replaced quite yet. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's very, it's very. The artificial singer is very straight. Like he can only make it do so much. Yeah, I'm still. I'm. I'm waiting for the Robert Plant AI. Like that. Like you're not gonna. <laughs> I couldn't see anyone pulling that off. With the Tom Waits AI, I don't know. With the Tom Waits AI, no. <laughs> Computer would have to start smoking and. Uh... Drinking whiskey, I guess. Whiskey nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be a slider on the on the interface. More whiskey, less whiskey, more tobacco. <laughs> How many packs per day? How many? Pa- uh, oh, I would do it. I would do that to get his voice, but unfortunately, I don't <laughs> smoke. It. No. And I'm not that fond of whiskey, so it's oh, no. a real, real dichotomy. Uh, you're never gonna get there, then, yeah. <laughs> Well, this is this is a, a great um, great thing to see, sort of the before and after, and and kudos on on uh, to you about being so not bloodthirsty, but brave to sort of crash what doesn't work and rewrite stuff. And I, I think that was the biggest step for me is saying saying to myself like, what's stopping me from completely demolishing this chorus and kind of starting from scratch on the chorus. You know, and a lot of the times you don't do that. You kind of you kind of fall in love with what you wrote first. And it wasn't until years later that that I decided I didn't like that chorus. Not that it's that bad, but I decided that it could be better. Right. And at the time, I didn't I didn't think that you guys talk a lot about here uh, on this podcast, I'm sure, about the idea of rewriting lyrics, having pages and pages. Yeah. Oh, uh, Leonard Cohen level, you know, like reams of of alternate verses, right? And what's to stop us from applying that same rigor to the studio and saying, let's, if we have the time and it's not about paying the session musicians to come in again, uh, how experimental can you get with your own song to mm-hmm. the point where you're really tweaking it until it's because we, yeah, you're right. We do get attached to initial things, whatever we've been imprinted with as the first thing that we've heard a million times when we've mixed it down. That's the thing that we think is the song and it's inviolate. You can't mess with it. You can't mess, yeah, exactly. But you can, you really can, and you should. And there should be alternate mixes of everything. You know what I mean? I think like it's always fun when you two puts out some, you know, weird remix of one of their hit songs, you know, kind of thing. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. I never would have. I like it stripped down or I liked it you know, when they added the dance beat or whatever it is. It's like, um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to skin a cat. So you can, yeah, you can really have fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like working in, in Google docs as well, because it, it gives you the revisions. Cause I've got like, like the lyrics on this thing for the last couple of months I've been working on this. Holy cow. There's like, I mean, striking out and striking out and, and it's just, and it would, it would amount to pages of, of rewrites if I, if I was doing it on paper for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty it is interesting to see how much how far you can push it and and just and just keep on keep on tweaking. And it's yeah. worthwhile as a songwriter to to look at those lines. Um, Elvis, Elvis Costello has, has talked about this a few times about how he'll bash away at a line for for months at a time because it's just it's not sitting right and it hasn't quite gotten to where it needs to be. And mm-hmm. I think that's certainly okay. Um, 
Conversely, you can also just work on stuff and never get anything finished. So there is that. There, there is that, and and, oh, and that, see. and yeah, it's never finished. It's just abandoned in an interesting place. That's all. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing as perfect, right? It's it is it is what it is. It's always it's always this moment, this time. Ten years from now, I may revisit this again and and feel differently about it. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the, it's a Polaroid, man. You just like snap. That's the yeah. song. Yeah. It's not cast in amber as the only way that the song can go. Mm-hmm, yeah. You're going to do it different live. You're going to do it maybe different if you recorded it again. And, uh, you, you know, if you change the key and got a girl singer to, to do it, you know what I mean? It's like suddenly now it's a different song in a lot of yeah, ways. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. Girl singer. That's, uh, that's interesting. And and yeah. I have I have I have I have a girl singer in the AI, but it, it's I don't know this this to me was always a guy song. It was yeah. it was it was my personal story, so it had to be a guy song. I don't it know. works. It works. Yeah, but, but that you know, is great. I, I did that with another one of my songs. I, I put a I put it was still my story, but I put a girl singer on it. I was like, why not? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes Just to see, yeah, I gain stuff. Yeah. Well, that's um, that's great. So I think uh, we should probably uh, wrap it up here. Jacob, what's coming up next for you? So much. Um, I'm going to um, Alberta to do a few uh, live looping clinics. Uh, oh, amazing. Concerts. And I'm going to be uh, going and doing a few tribute um, shows in the next little while. I'm doing uh, the music of Joni Mitchell and Carol King. Oh, uh, producing a show uh, with some local artists covering those two artists uh, at the Westdale Theater uh, on June 9th. And then on June 11th, I'll be covering J- James Taylor and Jackson Brown. Uh, we just had a sold out oh. show of that uh, last mm. week. Jackson gonna- Brown is amazing. Oh, yeah. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to repeat that with uh, my friend Jory Nash is going to join me for that. Amazing. So, a very special show. Uh, it's all on my website if people are interested in checking it out. Your website is jacobmoon.com. Moon.com. Super easy. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time well, cool. we have here on Song Talk Radio. We'd like to thank our very special guest, uh, Jacob Moon, for joining us. Jacob, I hope come back. It's, you're just the most awesomest guest. No, <laughs> that's so nice of you. Thanks, man. It's thanks. always a pleasure. So, yeah, thanks. yeah. Thanks so much for coming, Jacob. Really, really cool insights um, that you, that you shared today. It's really cool. Thank you. Great talk, man. Yeah. And thank you, Neil, for sharing your song and your process in a really kind of um, no hold barred way, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Uh, so if you're it. out thank there, you. don't forget, we want to hear from you. So send us an email at feedback at songtalk.ca. And if you ever happen to be in Toronto, um, every now and then we have a live meetup of the Songwriters uh, Meetup. Uh, you can go to the website at songtalk.ca to find out information on that. But if you're not in Toronto, you can actually attend virtually on Zoom. And it's been quite popular with people from all over the world. Yes, even Brampton. So I'm very excited about that. Not Brampton. Yeah, not even <laughs> Brampton. It's true. <laughs> I just I just love the accents there, you know. And um, yeah, so um, don't forget to stop by uh, songtalk.ca to browse past shows. Oh, Neil, how do people get more of you? You can visit me on my website, neilmodi.com. And if you want more of me, and I don't know why you would, uh, just stop by Well, drinking, you know, that's what it is. Um, yeah, stop by the website songtalk.ca to find out, to, to uh, listen to past shows and find out how you can be a guest. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. I'm writing. Bye-bye. Oh, Cheers. yeah, keep on writing. 
Keep on writing. Keep on writing. Supposed to say keep on writing. Haven't gotten that. Yet. 